Joining us today is Ottoman Ozilderum, Senior Director at the uh, of Economic Research at the Conference Board and Richard Walquist, President and Chief Executive Officer at American Staffing Association. Ottoman, I will start with you here. Uh, what are we seeing, uh, or why are we seeing, I guess, a, a labor market that has seemingly been so resilient uh, despite uh, so many headlines that, that seemingly, I guess, suggest otherwise? Well, you know, when you look at the labor market, uh, many measures are really still pointing to uh, tightness um, and uh, employers are uh, not um, willing to shed their workers, even though interest rates are rising and maybe uh, a slowdown or a recession is coming ahead. Uh, so as employers hold on to their existing workforce, um, unemployment uh, claims are not rising. Unemployment is not rising very much. So it's still holding uh, labor markets pretty tight. Yeah, and, and Richard, thoughts to you in reaction to this number. Obviously, uh, it comes in well below the consensus, 193. I see a consensus of upwards of almost 220 at 218. To me, I guess historically, we've always thought of this number as kind of that fast first reaction. If you're going to see cracks in the labor market, we'd expect this number to start upticking. So despite reading about, uh, you know, cutting back in staffs at so many of these major firms that are publicly traded, we're not seeing a rush to the unemployment line. Uh, what is your reaction to, to this number that we got this morning? So uh, this morning's number wasn't a surprise to me or the members that I talked to. Uh, our members source talent into every occupation in the United States. We've got a weekly staffing index, Alex. The index is at an all-time high in September. Now, the Good folks at the conference board understand we've got coincident and lagging indicators and employment is historically a lagging indicator. But if you look at temporary employment, it's much more of a coincident indicator. So you take a snapshot of what's happening with uh, temporary and contract employment, you've got a pretty good idea of what's happening in the economy today. Bottom line is uh, there still is a demand for goods and services that American companies are producing and they need talent. They have not refilled their talent benches uh, from the downturn as they were shedding uh, employees in record numbers after we shut down during the pandemic. And our most recent uh, job data numbers indicate that we've got still 11 million jobs open, about 6 million people looking. So roughly two open jobs for every individual that's looking. Uh, employers are hiring, notwithstanding all the doom and gloom talk about impending recession. Downturns coming, not here yet. I love that. It was really, really well put. Uh, Ottoman, building on some of those statements and some of the things you guys are looking at uh, at the conference board, you know, and so much of obviously what we're reacting to is somewhat, you know, lagging and backward looking, but we hear about all this stuff to come, is there a chance here that maybe we're we're overestimating the the impact that this is going to have on the labor market? I, I saw within your notes you talk about how the Fed's got things projected uh, below four and a half percent all the way through uh, 2023. Obviously, that's a little bit of an uptick, but not you know doom and gloom as uh, so many are, are, are speculating for. Yeah, this is not sort of the uh, usual recessionary environment uh, that we're used to when the economy takes a downturn. Uh, so we do also expect unemployment rate not to rise uh, very much. It'll stay below four and a half, five percent well into 2023. So even if we might have a recession uh, and many leading indicators are uh, pointing to uh, in that direction, uh, it might even be a jobful recession in, in some ways because of the unusual labor market conditions, 
both because of the the aftermath of the pandemic um, and uh, as well as you know ongoing labor shortages uh, that are uh, more of a longer term uh, issue for for the economy. Richard, I know one thing that you've got your uh, your mind on and you're thinking about is how uh, you know inflation and of course interest rates uh, at the Fed uh, level being uh, increased uh, and how that might be impacting things. Uh, is there anything uh, from like a solution standpoint how we can deal with this that we can land this uh, this plane somewhat softly and and, and kind of navigate uh, what perceived uh, should have some impact, I'd assume, uh, but still have a robust job market uh, while also bringing prices down. Sure. So the bad news is that there is no playbook on how to land the plane this time. This is a different recession. They've all been different over the mm -hmm. last several years, but not quite like this one. So uh, maybe we're going to have to go, uh, uh, you know, with uh, without uh, guidance, and uh, the pilot's going to have to uh, control this. And the pilot, uh, if the pilot is Jay Powell at the Fed, our message to him is to take a look at what some of the other folks are saying that have been very close to the world that you're part of now. I mean, I just saw a comment from a former Fed economist. It said that roughly half of today's inflation is coming from supply chain issues. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, absolutely. We, we know that if interest rates uh, go up too quickly, uh, it is going to drive up the price of goods and services. It's going to decrease demand for goods and services, which means there are going to be layoffs. If we get to the kind of crazy layoff numbers that uh, that uh, Larry Summers had talked about, he said we need to take a big dose of medicine quickly, 6%, uh, 10%. We're talking about a loss of 6 million jobs, 10 million jobs. Uh, it's going to disproportionately hurt the people that need those jobs the most. Right now, we've got surveys out that say that 58% of Americans are currently worried that they're going to have to find additional sources of income just to keep up with inflation. So pull some other triggers. Let's let's figure out how we can actually get supply chains working again. Mm -hmm. Let's focus on American energy independence with reports of what just happened with Nord Stream 1, Nord Stream 2, and what our friends in Europe are really going to be facing in just a few weeks. Uh, we've got capacity here in the United States, and I think we've got to rethink uh, energy direction. I think immigration reform, uh, we mentioned long-term, we're upside down in terms of talent. Uh, we need to continue to look for policies that are going to attract the best of the brightest that are going to want to come here. And in that regard, we've got to get people off the sidelines. We've got way too many people on the sidelines. The labor force participation rate is still at the levels we have saw in the 1970s. We've got a lot of people that just don't feel like they've got the skills that are currently needed. That means that employers and the government are going to have to work together to create meaningful policies so that we're going to really be enacting some upskilling and some reskilling. And people are going to be embracing something called portfolio careers, where they're going to get certifications and badges. They're going to recession proof their own careers if the Fed doesn't spoil the opportunities for all of us. Hey, that was, that was really well said. Uh, building on that, Ottoman, I noticed in your notes you have some of the same things that you're focused on, particularly about CEOs talking about the inability to find qualified uh, talents better now than maybe it was last year, but it's still tough. Uh, leads to higher wages, increase in benefits, a lot of these things uh, that Richard's talking about as well. Isn't that going to be a little bit tougher for smaller businesses and going to be kind of a, a, a more of a disadvantage for some of these small and medium-sized enterprises? 
Yeah, a lot of business leaders have been talking about how hard it is to recruit uh, qualified workers and then also retain them. And uh, they have been using, you know, all the tools at their disposal, uh, not just wages, but also benefits to to uh, retain those workers. Um, and uh, this does affect, uh, as you said, uh, you know, different size firms uh, uh, very differently. You know, some of the uh, larger enterprises are going to have the resources and the wherewithal to be able to uh, be competitive on the labor market with low unemployment, um, where there's not going to be a lot of uh, labor supply relief coming uh, in the near term. Um, and uh, smaller businesses are certainly going to have uh, a harder time uh, with uh, with low uh, unemployment numbers and uh, competing for those uh, workers. Wages have been going up, uh, especially mm -hmm. for in-person services uh, and manual work, um, but um, uh, that that wage pressure is likely to be sustained uh, for some time without a lot of relief uh, for labor market uh, tightness. That makes it difficult, uh, again, for the small scale businesses that are out there competing for those jobs. Richard, Ottoman, uh, really, really appreciate both of you guys taking your time and, and joining me here this afternoon uh, on, on the watch list. Great insights from both of you uh, and looking forward to more uh, soon. That's Ottoman Ozilderum, the conference board, and Richard Walquist, uh, the CEO of American Staffing Association. Great insights. That's going to do it for us here on the watch list. I'm Alex Coffey. Thanks for watching.